Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's game week, kids. Gather around. Let's talk football. Florida State plays Sunday against LSU. They'll do so as a slight underdog. If you missed the first hour, depth chart is out. Uh, as far as what that depth chart says and reveals, uh, Tom and I discussed it in hour one. Real quick cursory glance here again to start this hour and I think the only thing that kind of really jumped off the page offensively was the fact that uh, Vendravius Jacobs is not listed there, the wide receiver position as uh, as an option. He's not even an or on this list. That surprised me uh, quite a bit. And uh, we'll find out, I'm sure, as the week goes on, maybe why that is. And then I guess on the defensive side, Tom, uh, did we say we were not not shocked, but raised an eyebrow that Jerrion Jones is ahead of Greedy Vance, I guess? Yeah, honestly, I think – Azaria's development has pushed Jarion closer to the football. I think Jarion could have been an outside corner for you. He still could be this mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, you know, if you're looking at the options at nickel or slot defensive back, personally, I would have had Greedy, maybe Edwin Joseph or Jarion Jones. And then Kevin Knowles could be there in a pinch. Yeah, in a know, pinch. Because a pinch, yeah. Adam Fuller's gone on record and said that he could still slide up and play nickel for us. And, and Kevin looks to just be so much healthier and more stout physically this year than a year ago. Much healthier, and I like the camp that he had. Uh, the only other thing that surprised me, uh, going back to the offensive side of the ball, Marquiston Douglas was listed behind Kyle Morlock. I find that surprising. Marquiston Douglas has had a great camp. Kind of surprised to see him listed behind Kyle Morlock. Uh, Robert Scott starting at left tackle. We get our answer uh, to that question that has plagued the camp, if you will, like, who? what are they going to do? Is he going to be ready? Is What's going to happen? Well, he's ready, and he's looked good since he's come back. And when they took off the training wheels, he played well. I get why he's starting at left tackle, but what that means is that Les Harris starts the season on the bench. And I'm kind of surprised by that because he's a very good football player who's had a good camp. And I thought there was a chance that he would start at right tackle and you'd slide Jeremiah Byers inside. I think Byers is the better tackle. But I just want to get my best five out there, and I thought that might be the best way to do it. They don't agree. I'm going to trust Alex Atkins. He has uh, been able to get this line to play at a very high level pretty quickly, and they've they've really been able to make it work even when they didn't have the quality depth that they have now. So uh, they have all of my trust. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, but that does mean that Casey Roddick starts at left guard. Uh, your right guard is Dimitri Emanuel. I you know, I'm not going to jump up and down about that. I I would have probably maybe even gone with Darius Washington there, but he is listed as an or. Yeah, I think the starters in the offensive line are your best run-blocking group, without a doubt. Uh, I think you could face some other guys in for pass pro. And, Agreed. And I'll try to do this without getting the, the Lou gibberish in everybody's head, but I think there's a lot of moving parts here. It would not surprise me if Bless Harris rotates in 
at either tackle position. That's why he's listed in bold. I think that they could do some rotations. Alex Atkins has said as much that they're in a unique position this year where they could rotate. And then the second thing would be, this is not something we've seen in camp, but I still wonder if one of those three tackles is going to play guard. At some point, yeah. Yes, they did it with Jazz last year, and we didn't see that in practice. So I, I always, it's always in the back of my mind. It continues to be, even though this is the way they lay out the two deep. So, Florida State, uh, Destin Hill, we did mention that. Uh, being listed as a starter is uh, is crazy. We waited for that kid, and it looks like the uh, payoff is great because he's going to play right here, right now, against LSU to start the season. Who might also play? Well, we don't know, but Daryl Jackson, maybe, maybe, tick, tick, tick. We're waiting, actually, I think, more than anything, on whether or not Tez Walker gets the go-ahead from the NCAA. Now, if you don't know, Tez Walker is a wide receiver that is attempting to play for the University of North Carolina. He is expected to receive word from the NCAA today. Might happen during the show. And I'm watching this carefully because the Tar Heels seem to have some optimism. If you go to ESPN, there was a report that came out that suggested they were optimistic that Walker would be ruled eligible to play for the 2023 season. And so you go back to Tez Walker's situation, and here's why it applies to Daryl Jackson. Both of these guys enrolled uh, at their schools in a way that predated the NCAA's announcement of a much more stringent eligibility rule that they were going to enforce. The NCAA, prior to that, was pretty much letting anybody go anywhere that they wanted to for a variety of reasons. A, they really didn't pack the punch they once had, the NCAA, but the COVID season and all that other stuff really kind of allowed guys to just transfer whenever they wanted, wherever they wanted, multiple times. But these guys transferred to their current schools before the NCAA came out and said, we're changing it back. We're not allowing people just to go willy-nilly wherever the hell they want to go multiple times. So if they give Tez Walker the go-ahead, it stands to reason they're going to have to give Daryl Jackson the go-ahead. And the report is from College Game Day, oddly enough, on Saturday. The reporter formerly known as Pete Thamel, now mm-hmm. known as Pete Thamel, said that there is optimism, but it's far from a certainty because it's the NCAA and North Carolina doesn't know. But, I mean, North Carolina, if anybody's got a bat phone to the NCAA, it certainly is Chapel Hill and the University of North Carolina. And if there's optimism, I just don't see, and I would agree with you, that one follows the other. How could you allow this kid you couldn't, you and, couldn't. and deny Daryl? No, you couldn't. And and they would they're already receiving a lot of heat for this. It would really get loud if that were to happen. If Tez got the go ahead and Jackson did not. It doesn't make any sense. I, I think that if Tez Walker gets a yes, Daryl Jackson is gonna get a yes. Agreed. And yeah. I think and, and if that happens, now they're talking about that update perhaps happening today. We may know. By the time we finish the show or later this afternoon, whether or not Daryl Jackson's a go. And I'll only say this about that. If he's a go, he's going to start. If he's a go, he's going to start. He's been good in camp. He's worked hard. He's practiced every day. He's been a tough guy to block, and he looks motivated. He'll be ready to go. Yeah, and I... I, you know what? This doesn't violate the practice policy because, you know, the kids walk in with the black uniforms who are the scout team. He has not been on scout team. No, he's been amongst the rotation at defensive tackle for the starters. That's I find correct. that I find that fascinating. I find that to be a, a sign of confidence, but I took it that way too, Tom. When we when you and I walked in the stadium and looked out there on Saturday night 
and he wasn't in a black jersey yeah. representing the scout team, we we actually looked at each other because I think simultaneously we thought, what do they know that we don't? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just – he would serve the scout team more. He would serve the scout team better, the offense, the first team. To go against him, you know, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think um, in Corey's parlance about iron sharpening iron? <laughs> yeah, sure. I yeah. mean – Okay, Let, let's see what happens. And Mike Norvell did say in the press conference today that he feels much more confident about where Daryl is in terms of engagement. He feels fully confident that he's ready if he gets cleared before the LSU game. He feels fully confident if he's cleared before game eight that Daryl's going to be ready. With what we've seen with our own eyes in practice, he's ready. Oh, he's ready. It'll be curious to see what happens in that situation. I know that there have been debates about that situation being different. I no, I, I actually it's more compelling for Daryl Jackson to get the waiver. It is. I mean, if we're talking about reasons, I mean, well, it was always legitimate uh, in terms of you have how many cases? Is it seven, ten, twelve that are like this yeah. in which the kid is already enrolled? You know, if the NCAA wanted to be proactive about this, they would have set forth those guidelines before the spring semester started so the kids could have turned around, but they didn't. And so they've got to live with that. The NCAA does. But the problem is you can say that, and it makes perfect sense, and it does, but the NCAA doesn't have to abide by perfect common sense. And they never do. No. Really quickly, how much football did you watch over the weekend? All of it? A sizable chunk of it. Yeah, me too. Outside of us going to practice. That's correct. Uh, Notre Dame Navy, one one takeaway here, uh, it, besides the fact that the uh, SMA kid is a giant. Holy moly. I would not want to tackle that no. dude. No. That is 250 pounds of uh, badassery. Uh, no, no, no need to tackle him. They kept him fresh, too, because they didn't need him for very long. No, they didn't. All right, so that game got away from Navy in a hurry. But I do want to point something out. And it's always this way in week one. And I'm not saying he's not good. And I'm not saying he's not an upgrade. I am saying stop. I've almost got us in trouble. Stop massaging Sam Hartman's ego, please. Do we do we need you to tell me just how great he was in a game against Navy? It was never contested. They could run the ball at will. He threw for 250 yards. He wasn't great. He just didn't do anything wrong in the easiest game he'll play all year long. They ran the ball anytime they wanted. Of course guys are open. And he missed a shot play early in that game, too. So. I don't have a problem with Sam Hartman. Uh, I don't like that he's played football for 15 years. But, you know, uh, look, yes, I expected him to be better, and he was better. And he's a good college quarterback. The reason he's in his sixth year is because he knows he's probably not going to be a good pro quarterback. <laughs> He's going to have to make his money in college. That's fine. But when my man throws for 250, yes, four touchdowns, I get it. It's Navy. I'm not trying – again, I don't have a problem with him. His quarterback rating was near, nearly 100 in this game. But don't they prattled on like he was God's yeah. gift to quarterbacks in this well, game. Like Navy was not equipped to do anything with him. It's also NBC, so it's the home feed. God and my. they've got to wake the echoes every waking minute that they can maybe caught up in the moment, maybe a little bit of a Guinness hangover, who knows. But next year, I'm just hoping that our game with Georgia Tech looks just like that. 
Oh, well, an ass kicking, yes. Just a, a total ass kicking. And maybe people around the country would say, can we stop with Brock Glenn? Uh, look, I'm tired of nice you guys day. talking about Brock Glenn. It was Georgia Tech, right, guys. Right. You're going to give him the Heisman? Yeah. Well, they. it was funny. It wasn't just NBC. I, I listened to uh, the, the wrap-ups, if you will, around college football, and they were on and on and on. Sam Hartman certainly looks the part. We knew Notre Dame was going to be better at quarterback, but look, this Sam Hartman. Jesus, guys. You know it's what? Navy. Notre Dame's right about everything. <laughs> the ACC should fork over money. You know what? They don't even need the extra money. Give more money to Stanford. Give them $50 million a year. Notre Dame is right about everything. It was the easiest 19 of 23 he'll ever have. Uh, yes. I mean, good yes. God. Poor Navy. It's going to be a long year at Navy, by the way. Terrible to see. That's a tough time at Navy Town. Look forward to December. <laughs> um, although I will give Navy's coach credit. That is a badass beard. It is. Yep. That is a badass beard. That white, he looks tough. Their team's terrible. And they scored three points and got beat 42-3. to three. It did not match the coolness of his beard. They've got <laughs> a fullback. They do. And they've got a good triple option offense in theory but they're trying to transition out of it and you can tell they're kind of betwixt don't transition out of it damn it somebody should always be running the triple option it should be mandated that you have to run the triple option if you're a military school let's go they could have dropped you know 17 or 20 on notre dame if everything broke right but they were drive they're gonna score and the dumbass runs into his own receiver well that's quite the scheme. I mean, how does that happen? You're both in the same spot. <laughs> same it's fourth spot. down. He's going to walk in if he hits him in stride. Yeah. The whole thing. But that defense would have given up 90 if they gave up 20. You know, if yeah. they scored 20, that yeah, is. Yeah, they would have. They that could, was they, Notre Dame could have just, I mean. Anything they wanted. The Mike Norvell Miami plan. Uh, just the yeah, same over play, Over and play. over and over again. And they had to commit bodies to try to tackle this freaking hulk of a running back. Navy's always undersized. I felt so bad for him. The second I saw that kid, I was like, oh, no. This is not going to be a good day for Navy. They, I mean, this might be a tough day for Alabama tackling that kid. Navy got no shot. One of the runs, too, they misaligned on the touchdown. Yeah. It's just, I mean, why are we even playing? That's yeah. what it felt like after the snap. Oh, why are we even doing this? They did not look well prepared. Just call it off. Call it off. You made it to Ireland. You did the hard part. Enjoy the day. You can't have a beard like that and look that terrible. Get it together, Navy. Go go at least be organized like your beard. You put a lot of time in that thing. It looks good. Yeah. Let's go. Get your squad ready to play. If you see a coach <laughs> with that kind of a beard run, because who else has a beard that, that that is that good? I don't know. Lovey Smith. Oh, Lovey's is good. Yeah. Yeah. Run for yeah, the hills. Yeah. yeah. But Lovey's not the head coach. He was with that beard. He was. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
All the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because, I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick, and easy to remember, so I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this, too. It is um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash jcs. Again, that's go to uh, – all you got to do is go to uh, – drinkag1.com slash jcs that's drinkag1.com slash jcs check it out it's delicious it's quick it's easy it's proven vitamins probiotics whole food source nutrients start your day with it you'll feel better i promise welcome back to the jeff cameron show sponsored by legendary home loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. off that I see there for a Warchant.com membership. 50% off. What are we doing here, everybody? Kickoff sale is the answer, Jeff. We're doing a kickoff sale. 50% off a new annual subscription to Warchant.com. Let's go. Limited time. Don't you start. I don't you even, don't you say anything limited, nothing. You put it in my brain. That I, time it, it I saw a look on your face. I said, oh, he instantly thought about it. No, I didn't this time. Uh, I don't know about that. And Matthew put it on the screen. 50% off, everybody. Kickoff sale, 50% off. That, stop. He's going to suck again this year. It's going to be hilarious <laughs> when Denver sucks because he sucks again. And then maybe we could talk about Sean Payton honestly. <laughs> uh, so 50% off, do that. You know what you do? While you're in line at Zaxby's, grabbing a chicken sandwich. And I will be. The thick-cut pickles, mm. the Zach, the Zach's spicy Zach sauce, the delicious, juicy chicken. While you're sitting there waiting on that sandwich to be given to you as you go through the line. What are you going to do with that bun? Split top. You can split right at the top. Right after you do it, right, right, right after you place the order, just turn on your phone and say, and you know what? Now I'm going to get a 50% off Warchant.com subscription. Mm, that's a good that's day. what I'm going to do. It has been a good Monday, damn it. We'll see if Brian added that, but he was already at the Zaxby's. He wanted to let us know. Nicely done, Brian. Just stopped by Zaxby's and got me a big old chicken sandwich. Good job. Uh, really quickly, if you're looking for your neighborhood Zaxby, uh, Zaxby's here in Tallahassee, 64 locations, 64 locations. Can't miss it. Probably drive past seven of them on your way home. Easily. 
Garrett got a Zach salad yesterday. You had a good Sunday, Garrett. <laughs> Optimus Climb, that's well done. Jeff stays splitting buns. That's well done. Glad the radio audience got that. Mm. Chicken stealing crutes for over 18 years. Otherwise, they would have wondered, you know, what did Optimus say? <laughs> uh, 283 locations on campus alone. Good job, Noel Dad. That's true. Yeah, you get over there at FSU. You start walking around, you're like, man, there's a Zaxby's right here everywhere yeah. I look. It's great. I'm at the Zaxby's. Which, Which one? one? Williams. Which floor? <laughs> uh, by the way, Thursday, when we do Redemption Thursday, which I'm pumped about, we're going to lock it in. I'll have my 10 games. I may I may do a juicy, speaking of juicy, Zaxby's chicken, I may do 20 games this Thursday. Ooh. Well, I'm All off right. to a 3-0 and start. I, you know, I'm playing with house money. May do maybe 20 games. You got the USC result? Yeah. Oh, nice. I took plus 30 and a half. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. San Jose State. That's what I'm talking Boy, about. would have been an even easier cover if, you know, special teams was. Uh, I know. Kick the ball out of bounds. I know. Ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, I was happy about that. Got that result that I needed. Got the Hawaii Vanderbilt result that I needed. That game was good. 35-28, did you watch it? I got into the third quarter, yeah. and then uh, the sleepy. eyes got a little heavy. A little sleepy? Yeah, because of the delay. It was a long delay. Yeah, a long delay. You got to train your body this time of year to be able to stay up late. It sucks. It's hard. Transitioning from the morning person to the evening person, I don't like it, but I will do it for college football. For college football, I'll do it. For football, I try to do it in general, but I still have to get up every morning at ask the clock, so you do. you're just going to be tired. It's it's the tough thing. You know what I mean? Well, what are you going to do? This is, you know what? You're in the final few months of having to do that because then you have an older brother who's got a car to take his younger brother everywhere. Yeah, well, yes, that is correct. I'm good to go once November rolls around, Bryce is driving, and uh, there we go. And then Clark can go to school with with mom, you know, for the rest of the semester, and he just has to go early. Well, he, you know, the good news is if if Bryce is taking himself to school starting in November, also known as Dovember, and we're bringing him back. Lee Sterling will join us on Friday, by the way. He confirmed via email. Uh, Thursday, I said Redemption Thursday, twenty games. Uh, yeah. But one of them is Utah, Florida, ladies and gents. That's this Thursday at 8 o'clock. Hot damn. That's a good day. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Redemption Thursdays, W's and L's, and Utah hosting Florida? What a Thursday. I don't know if we'll have enough time. <laughs> well, there is no more Bed Bath & Beyond. It is gone to the it, great it is, it is gone. It is gone. And, you know, I falsely felt a sense of longing when they closed. And I probably visited Bed Bath & Beyond once in the last four years. You know, I had a gift certificate there, and I, I should have used it. Everybody does. They delivered them weekly in the paper. Oh, you no, can, I mean, like, yeah. We went when it was closing. I was like, oh, one last trek around Bed Bath & Beyond. And I was like, yeah, you're not going to miss it. Why are you, why are you thinking you're going to miss it? You're not going to miss it. I don't want to miss my chance to talk to our good buddy, IrashFellWarchant.com. He's on with us, as he's wont to do on a Monday. What's up, brother? I'm good, Jeff. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's game week. We're excited. Let's get to it. I didn't ask your opinions yet. I want to hear from you what you thought of the depth chart. 
What stood out to you most? What uh, did you find curious? Uh, I, I, there's a couple of uh, options to go with here. Uh, one of them's that wide receiver. But uh, what say you, sir? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there was any. I mean, there were a couple of surprises, but nothing crazy, crazy. I was a little surprised by Morlock getting start over Marquise and Douglas. Yep. Um, not that, I mean, I think they're both good quality options, and I think Mike Norvell was pretty quick to say that, look, you know, those guys are all going to play. Um, but, you know, it's a nod to Kyle Morlock, and I think, and I'm actually writing this, and one of my takeaways from the from the day is that, um, you know, that, that transfer class, they pretty much hit on all of them, uh, which hasn't been the case. You know, Mike Norvell's gotten a lot of credit for what he's done in the transfer portal, but I don't know that they've had a year where they pretty much hit on everybody. But I think they have. I mean, I think there's six or seven of those transfers who are, who are going to start. And then a couple of the guys who aren't going to start, I think, are, you know, number two guys at their position that may end up starting at some point during the season. And the only exception, the only transfer who's not on the two deep is Daryl Jackson, and he would be if he was eligible. Yeah, and we're waiting to see what happens with Tez Walker at North Carolina from the NCAA today. They seemed, at least there was a report from ESPN, to be hopeful. It was my thought, I said earlier in the show, Ira, so I'll just ask you as well, if Tez Walker is granted uh, his uh, his his waiver, do we not think that will stand for Daryl Jackson too? I think so. I mean, you know, it's, it's always hard to you know start applying logic to the NCAA, but, but <laughs> The, the smartest thing for them to do, for them to save face and also do the right thing, would be any of those guys, and Daryl Jackson would fall into this as well as, as Walker, you know, any of those guys that were in the portal and then started at their new school before that ruling came down in January, those guys should be grandfathered in. They shouldn't be, it shouldn't be held against them that the NCAA decided to crack down after they had already made the move. So I feel like that that would make sense. But, you know, we all know how that goes. Yeah, and I told everybody last hour, but just to refresh people's memories, uh, the NCAA instituted their new standard in mid-January, and he, along with several other players um, around the country, I say several others, a handful of players around the country, had already entered the portal in December and, and arrived at their new schools before that standard changed from the NCAA. So, yes, that's what you're referencing there. Um so, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, was there anything that stood out to you? It looks – I would I would ask you, I kind of thought Greedy Vance would be ahead of Jerrion Jones based on what we've seen, uh, but I like Jerrion Jones. It's not a knock on him at all. Anything stand out to you on that side of the ball? I think that's that's probably more than anything just a really tip of the cap to Jerrion Jones. You know, he's a guy that uh, I think really came on late last season and has become just a, a, a key leader for this team, you know, and I think that that's – uh, rewarding him for that as well. I think those guys are – I think Greedy Vance is probably going to get the edge there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they probably want to reward Jarian Jones for what he's done. Um, interestingly enough, like Jared Verse said at ACC kickoff, that Jarian Jones was one of the guys that really convinced other guys to come back this season. So, again, I think it's a, a, a nod to that. Um, the one – I think that, you know, pretty surprising to me was that – well, surprising and not surprising – you know, I actually wrote the other day that I thought it wouldn't surprise me if DJ Lundy won one of the starting linebacker jobs. And but to actually see it in print and see him as listed as a co-starter with Kalen Deloach is impressive. Again, you you had two starters. Uh, Kalen Deloach has basically started for two years, and DJ Lundy's been a backup. And uh, it wouldn't shock me if he won that job. And it's uh, you know, again, I think just seeing it in print was 
was impressive to see how far he's come. Give him credit, no doubt. A lot of people have asked us, and so I'll ask you, and we I've said to people we have to be delicate, jumping back over to the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, when you're looking at the receivers, it's huge news to see Destin Hill there or Winston Wright, obviously, but Destin Hill being the freshman, they waited so long on him. He's had a great camp, so that's exciting. But also, it is disconcerting not to see Vendravius Jacobs anywhere. Yeah, you know, he did have a great spring. Um, but look, man, I think that the guys that are ahead of him have probably been more consistent and more dependable in preseason camp. You know, none of these things, I think one thing we've learned from this coaching staff is they are pretty true to what they say. And if you're not consistent and if you're not, you know, meeting all of your obligations, you know, they're not going to reward you. And I think that this is a, a sign that, you know, he's got to make up some ground on some of these other guys. And I think there's no doubt he's talented. There's no doubt that he can make plays. <clears throat> but, you know, I think there's um, there could be a message being sent there that, hey, you had a great spring, but falls a little bit different and you, you've got to step it up to, to pass these guys. How you feeling on Monday of game week, brother? What do you think for Florida State fans that want to know? I know tonight you guys will do the smash. It'll be good, you and Tom, and uh, people can tune in and listen to you guys' thoughts on this game. But i got to ask you here for the purposes of this week on the JCS, what do you think? You feeling good still about Florida State to win this game handily? Uh, I feel confident that they're going to win it. I don't know about handily, but I do think uh, – I am. I mean, I've been growing in confidence about this game. And, you know, it's hard to know exactly because we don't get to see LSU day-to-day. Um but, you know, even doing that, I, I put up a story on the site earlier this morning looking at the transfers that they brought in this offseason, and they brought in a lot of transfers. I think Florida State's quality of transfers is higher, um, and I think Florida State was a better team last year. So uh, I'm pretty confident Florida State's going to win this game, and uh, I, don't, I haven't seen anything to make me change that. Is there an aspect of the game that you think either a player maybe or could be a side of the ball – that you think will be the Florida State fans might be surprised by. Um, I think. I mean, I really think the passing game. You know, I just. Uh, you know, we've made so much about. You know, Mike Norvell and his his love of the running game and Alex Atkins and the physicality and and the things they've done in the running game and it's been it's been their bread and butter. But man, I just you look at this receiving core, you look at these tight ends, you look at the way Jordan Travis is playing, and it. Uh, man, I mean, if, if LSU's, you know, a lot of teams are going to want to take away the running game. That's what most teams want to do, especially early in the season. If they are really committed to that and they are suspect on the back end, which I think they might be suspect on the back end, I think this passing game could be really impressive. Anything stand out from the coaches' press, uh, today's pressers uh, with the coordinators? Uh, anything that, that the coaches had to say that surprised you or anything that you thought intriguing? Nothing really surprising. I, you know, I think that, um, you know, I thought one thing that was interesting was, you know, Adam Norvell saying, or excuse me, <laughs> Adam Fuller, I combined them. <laughs> Adam Fuller saying that he and Mike Norvell both came out of this camp feeling like this was one of the best camps they've ever been around. Um, you know, and look, I mean, this is the best team either one of them has ever coached, I think you'd say. Um, you know, Mike's Memphis teams are really good, but I think this top to bottom, bottom should be a better team than he had at Memphis. So it stands to reason, but I think it kind of goes to what we've all said watching practice, you, know, you and Tom and I and everybody else, that there really haven't been any bad days, and this is a group that's very professional, very workmanlike, but also there's a high quality of play, and that's a really good combination. And I think hearing them say that, 
you know, kind of validates, I think, what we all thought. I think you're spot on. They feel like a professional football team in a weird way because their best players are also great leaders and they hold people accountable and people get in line. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch this team play football. Ira, talk to you soon, brother. Be good. Can't wait. Thanks, Jeff. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, they, they, Ira hit on a point we've made before. We all have, as he alluded to, but it's worth noting again. One of the cool things about this team is that they practice hard, they play hard, they hold each other accountable, and their best players are their best leaders. That's not always the case. I mean, sometimes you have a player who's really, really good at playing football but is kind of a jerk and is into himself and doesn't really think about his teammates. And he's so good that you got to play him because he's a difference maker. But the best scenarios, obviously, are when your unquestionably best player, caliber player, is also your best leader, hardest worker, the one that talks guys up, helps them out when they're having a tough day. And it's not one guy that does that with this team. It's all of those guys. They do a good job of that. Even, you know, the transfers, and pretty much all of them are. But, I mean, like, Keon Coleman has been here for an hour, and he's already one of the best leaders on the team. He does a great job of teaching and encouraging and picking guys up after a bad rep, whatever it might be, right, or showing them what what they could do better. You see it all the time. Uh, I feel like they've gotten a lot out of every one of these guys. When you watch Byers, the way that he works in practice and as a transfer, you know, this is a guy that comes in and immediately did a really good job of fitting into that locker room and becoming, you know, kind of a, a guy you could depend on every day at practice. And I, I just feel like every guy that they've brought in in these roles, these crucial roles, they've hit on. Braden Fisk practices like a warrior every day. Every day. Like, you almost have to calm him down. Yeah, there was a moment on Saturday towards the end of practice where they're lined up and they're going through one-on-ones and they do kind of two-on-twos after. And it's it's to see how the offensive line can pass things off. And, you know, Adam Fuller's very good at diagnosing up twists and games and stunts and things of that nature for the D-line. So Fisk just explodes off the line of scrimmage and rams Armella because I think he's trying to free something up without getting into too many specifics. But it is on the opposite 15-yard line. You remember where we were sitting on Saturday. We're sitting on the 30 closer to the student section. So what do you think that is as the crow flies? 80 yards? Yeah. 75 yards away? And the pad pop was uncomfortable. You're just like, oh, my God. The density <laughs> of the smack. I mean, that dude has the capability of bulldozing you, being quick enough to elude you, setting the edge, Rushing the passer from the inside. I mean, he's just – if he is anywhere close against an LSU offensive line to what we've seen in this camp, you've got another game changer on the defensive line. Just full stop. I think the way to describe that to people, Tom, is that we didn't know what we had. He was coming from Western Michigan. You hoped he would be a good football player. If you went back and watched him at Western Michigan, he was a good football player. But you thought, I don't know about the competition day in, day out. Tough to really know. Then he got hurt, so he was – battling injuries and recovering and rehabbing he missed basically all of spring I mean he was out there every day but he couldn't practice and and he was just doing agility drills and endurance drills and those kinds of things but he watched intently and then this fall camp we got a chance to see him and from day one you were almost taken aback by his athleticism his he his burst is is really noticeable and the violence 
very violent player. For that body type to be that violent and that fast, you can't help but think he's a legitimate first two-round guy. Like, he feels like an NFL football player to me. Like, I didn't think it was going to be that. I thought he was going to help you. I thought he was going to be a good football player. But when you watch him right now, you think, well, that's an NFL football player, like a good one. Yeah, and typically when you have the quicks, you're undersized. But he's not. He's 6'5", 297, and he carries that. It almost looks undersized, but the height. No, he's big. He's, he's, just, he's a big dude. He's a giant. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's too athletic for a guy that size. That's frightening. I'd hate to play quarterback and see that dude coming at me. Right. The quickness is, you know, I, I would, before I saw him, I would have said, I expect Dennis Briggs to look that quick because he's a tweener of a lineman. And then this guy is just maybe about 5% larger as a human being, and he's got all those same tools. And he, I think he's more violent. He's Next to Jared Verse, when Jared decides, he's the most uncomfortably violent guy on the line. Like Fabian can be, but Fabian's quick. He's got quick hands, and he'll yeah, get his yeah. hands off of you. Just when when Braden decides, it's um yeah. something to behold. I love it. Yeah, they got they got some nastiness to him now. That's why expectations are as high as they are. Then again, Daryl Jackson's more violent than any of them if he can be eligible to play. Well, uh, God help offensive lines everywhere if Daryl Jackson gets his eligibility with this group. It's a wave of ass kickers coming at you at that point. You will have radically shifted your uh, defensive line. That could become one of the great defensive lines in this program's history, and this program's had a lot of really good ones if that dude's eligible. Yeah, it's impressive. It, it, yeah, I don't like to think about it. I don't like to dream about it because I feel like we're going to get screwed over by the NCAA. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chan TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Seth, thank you. Go Knowles and happy game week. Looking forward to seeing the War Chant crew this weekend at Hooch and watching the game. Go Knowles. Yeah, that's right. We will be there. Uh, Really quickly, by the way, Tom, while we're talking about promotions, uh, if you would pop up the battles in 50% off, I want to... Let everybody know the opportunity still exists for you guys out there to uh, sign up for the golf tournament. It's at Champions Gate National Golf Course uh, in Orlando. Use code TBE50 for 50% off your group of four for the Saturday, September the 2nd. uh, Shotgun start at 9 a.m. Sign-ups begin at 7.30 a.m. It is the Battles End Season Kickoff Golf Tournament. And included with that, And you're getting it for 50% off because you're a listener to the Jeff Cameron Show. That's right. That's what we do. It includes VIP admission to an evening event there and tickets to uh, Madison Social's tailgate on Sunday. So VIP path. There it is. You want to join the battle's end and uh, play in this golf tournament, help us with roster retention and acquisition, if you will. Go to thebattlesend.com. Thebattlesend.com. But also sign up for this golf tournament. Use the promo code TBE50 for 50% off your group of four. There you go. Saving money, helping out the battles in, playing golf in Orlando on a Saturday morning, getting after it. 
and then uh, watching Florida State beat LSU on Sunday. That's not going to suck. We will be at Hooch. You're going down Thursday, I think, right? Uh, assuming that the storm passes and roads are, you know, the whole thing. If if the storm didn't exist, I'd be down Thursday night probably. Yeah. Uh, Leon County schools are indeed closed, uh, Noel Dad. Thanks for uh, noting that in the chat. I was just about to go there as it's my civic duty, right? We got to give you the information as we get it. Well, they just announced that Leon County schools are closed on Wednesday. They are probably going to be, I think, um, open Thursday, but it just looks like Wednesday's really being uh, affected, and, and they're not, there will be no after-school activities tomorrow. That's correct. Uh, for now, they said they will address Thursday if it changes, if the status gets worse for the city uh, in the area of the county. But right now, schools are only closed on Wednesday. Open tomorrow, close Wednesday, open Thursday. The JCS will not be at Hooch's on Friday. Tom may be. But the Tom Lang will the Tom, be. Tom Lang yeah. will be there yeah. uh, testing the equipment. I will be here doing the show with him as he yep. will be on his computer there trying to make sure everything works and do all that good stuff. But I'm not getting down to Orlando until uh, late that night, mm. late Friday night. I'm going to my son's football game in Gainesville. Mm. Well, that's one reason to go. Uh, that's the only reason, really. But, uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, uh, they won over the weekend, by the way. They won on Friday, so Leon's off to a good start. Undefeated Leon Lions. There you go. There you go. Beat North Florida Christian. It was a great game, 31-23. It was a fun game. There you go. You are I, now going to be a high school football fan for well, the next no, five I'm, to I'm, six years. I'm, I'm a fan of Leon and my son. You're going to be checking the district standings, all of it. No. I did, I did check... I guess I'm lying. Anytime I, they kick it off under the lights at Gene Cox Stadium, I'll <laughs> no, tell you. No, no, it was at Leon, by the way, and uh, not Gene Cox Stadium. We don't need to go out to Gene Cox Stadium. That stadium sucks. There's no reason. To, people are so, so damn proud of that stadium. It's garbage. Uh, this reminds me of those Friday high school shows in the morning that we used to have on the old place of employment, and there were about five cliches that they would always use, because I'm not sure how much prep any of those hosts ever No, did. they don't. In fact, they probably did no prep. But anytime you kick it off under the lights at Gene no. Cox Stadium, you never know what's going to happen. It's the throw the records out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. The um, No, I, you know what? It had been a long time since I sat at – this is kind of funny. It had been a long, long time since I sat in the stands of a high school football game. I, I shouldn't say that. I went back when they honored the 10-0 and Lakewood team that I was on, and we got to walk the track, and they wave at everybody and all that a couple years ago. That was cool to see the fellas again. But the uh, So I sat in the stands for that game because it was a playoff game for Lakewood. Um, but other than that, it had been a real, real long time since I had bothered to go to a high school game because I, I just had no reason to. Uh, but now, now you'll find me there Friday nights. Yep, on the regular through the year twenty twenty eight, or thereabouts. Oh, with Clark as well. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, Isn't that a great thought? Aren't you excited? No, no, it's not a great thought. I don't ride the officials' live spectator. I I don't say anything. I kind of slink off in the distance and just uh, watch the game quietly. I don't. You were not thrilled about a call on Thursday, though. You didn't ride the official for it, but at, uh, at the JV game. Yeah, there were a couple of frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, I just, I, I don't, but I don't flip out. I don't flip out. Oddly, I'm really calm at my kids' games. I'm I'm calmer at their games than I am anything else that I'm, you know, have a vested interest in. 
Certainly not Miami weekend. No, like Florida State, Miami. I'm I'm emotionally invested. I'm prone to yelling, um, jumping, screaming, all those things. But I, for my kids' games, I'm just steady. I just watch and making sure they're playing as hard as they can. If you know Jeff for any period of time, just stay out of his radius of his of his reach at Indigo when we're at Hotel Indigo for that pregame. He will karate chop your traps. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that in years. I haven't done that in years. Uh. I, I cannot, like, this week is weird. We've waited for this week all year long, uh, and I hate this week in a weird way. It's a hard week to do shows because I, I'm just so excited about the game, to see them play. We've gone to a million practices, it feels like. We've really analyzed this team backwards and forwards as much as you can without having seen them play somebody else. You can only break down segment groups in each practice so so much before you need more evidence. You need something different. You need to analyze something uh, that is them going against players that are of uh, their equal talent and also players that, you know, I mean, for example, our offense frequently has problems in practice uh, partly because the defense knows what's coming. They've seen all yeah. these plays a gazillion times. Like, I want to see, how does LSU react to this play? I know what my defense in practice is going to do. They've seen it 50 times. They cheat. They know what this play is. LSU doesn't. Yeah, and also Jared versus on the field for our oh, defense. Man. So if Jared's not on the field, can we operate and do some things a little differently? Watching Jared versus is just, it's... It's an NFL player. He is uh, remarkable. He's playing a day early every week, except this week. How the hell did it get to be this late in the show? Oh, yeah. We're we're running out of time. I got to go to Probables, don't I? Do we have time? We, we were supposed to have another break, weren't we? No, we've got – we're on schedule. Okay. But uh, two minutes. All right. Make it quick. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, Probables. PowerMillSports.com, Angels, Phillies, Lucas Giolito, Tawan Walker, Yankees, Tigers, Luis Severino, Reese Olsen, White Sox, Orioles, Michael Kopech, Grayson Rodriguez, Washington and the Blue Jays, that would be Josiah Gray and Kevin Gosman. We got the Astros and the Red Sox, Christian Javier, Chris Sale, Rangers, Mets. Ooh, that's probably not going to go well for you, Tom. John Gray, Tyler McGill. Unless it was the New York Rangers, maybe. Guardians, Twins, Xavion Curry, Kent Tomata, Padres, Cardinals, Blake Snell, Adam Wainwright, Brewers, Cubs, Wade Miley, Jamison Tyon, Pirates, Royals, Johan Oviedo and Zach Greinke, Braves, Rockies, Bryce Elder, Austin Gomber, A's, Mariners, TBD, and Brian, woo! Reds, Giants, Andrew Abbott, Kyle Harrison, and finally D-backs, Dodgers, Zach Gallen, Bobby Miller, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. I like when I get to say Brian Woo when he's in the rotation. Brian Woo on the season, by the way, one and three with a four five eight, if you're wondering. Woo! There it is. All right, Brian. Woo! Woo! There it is. <laughs> oh man. It's a hard week to get through. Woo! <laughs> Especially when there's, you know tropical event too that kind of throws it's like hey we'll probably will be doing this on wednesday and tuesday and all that likely yes i think we'll be able to do the show even if we have to do it from the house we'll see uh but it'll be a good time it's game week damn it 
Game Week. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Thanks to all of you guys. Be well, and of course, peace.